This is another MP3 podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle, Australia. On 2NURFM 103.7, we're talking travel. And today, Sally Lucas, we have a very special guest, one with a very good pedigree in adventure. We absolutely do. We have Greg Mortimer, who I'm sure most Australians who are involved in any sort of adventure would remember. I think Greg was a geologist originally, but he basically became a climbing instructor and mountain guide. And he did his first ascent of the south face of Annapurna in Nepal, Annapurna 2 in 1983. And in 1984, the north face of Mount Everest without oxygen. Then in 1988, he climbed Mount Minto in Antarctica, which is the highest peak and a very mountainous um, part of the Antarctic along the western shore of the Ross Sea. And also he has been one of the first Australians to ascend the Vincent Massive in Antarctica. So, Greg, you do have a pedigree behind you, and we welcome you to the show and are very privileged to have you on board with us today. Good day, Sally. Nice to talk to you. That's okay. We're pleased to have you and just to talk about your passion and the wonderful areas of this planet that we always worry about these days if we're going to have them forever. But, I mean, while they're there, we all should be out there exploring and enjoying them. Yeah, and taking care of them, yeah, obviously. Obviously. And so the first we might like to talk about is the Antarctic thing, as I was fortunate enough to be down there three years ago, as I've talked about many times on this program and found it a very awe-inspiring and humbling experience. And how how long have you been going down there now, Greg? I started as a geologist in the late 70s and worked for five years in the Ross Sea region below New Zealand. Um, oh, okay. Mapping the geology, which was... You know, heaven on a stick for yes. a geologist. <laughs> of course, of course. And then you were eventually then what moved on from that to what you're doing now? Yes, I, then I had um, a couple of private climbing expeditions, like you mentioned in the intro, and mm-hmm. that, um, was involved firstly in a, on, on a yacht sailing into the Ross Sea, and I got a, a bit of a yen for going by ship to Antarctica, and after yes. that started taking small groups of people Okay. On a commercial basis to Antarctica. Right, and so you've been doing it for quite some time, and I, I know you've done a lot of ice climbs as well down there, haven't you? Yeah, um, not just privately, but um, yeah. on our own on our own voyages in the last um, decade, we've been taking people climbing. <laughs> yeah, people in Antarctica as well. I always find amazing that they do diving in Antarctica. I think, my God, it'd be so cold. I mean, like, I remember my son did the polar plunge, <laughs> as, as some people did. I didn't, but um, the water is extremely cold, of course. Well, it's not for the faint-hearted, that's for sure. <laughs> I mean, next to an iceberg, the, uh, underwater, the, the water temperature is about minus one. Right. Which, funnily enough, because it, it doesn't freeze to almost minus two when it's salty. Okay. And... Um, so it's bloody cold, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this is, you know, people in dry suits and the full regalia, so you can wear lots of clothing underneath yes. the dry suit, but your fingers still get very cold and your limbs go numb within a matter of minutes, and um, divers can stay underwater for um, oh, 45 minutes. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't realise it would be that long. Yeah. Um, my husband and son did the sea kayaking option because, of course, they had to have the dry suit as well. But, I mean, that was a remarkable experience as well, to have that option to do the sea kayaking also. It's a beautiful thing to do because to be in a little craft in such a big place and oh. just quietly paddling around in amongst the ice is and a wonderful way to get a sense of the solitude of, of Antarctica. The solitude and the grandeur too and the, and the massiveness I suppose. I mean it's, it's it, as I said I've, I couldn't find enough adjectives when I came back to really adequately describe 
Antarctica and 6,000 photos later too, but I mean, and they are beautiful, but it's, it's really hard, isn't it, unless you've been there? It is. Um, I mean, luckily enough, that what's, that's what keeps us in business, but it's a really, yes. it is an overwhelming experience because it's so otherworldly. Yes. And you've got nothing to compare it to, and I suppose that's quite a shock, isn't it? It's almost a shock to go to Antarctica. It is. You're it... confronted by so many unusual images and beautiful things. I mean, you know, like I think, is it is it Paradise Bay that has something like 11 or 13 glaciers spilling down into it? it? Paradise Bay is a magnificent place. Oh, just... Antarctic Peninsula. Yep. And I mean, that's what we did out of Ushuaia, of course. Uh, we did the Christmas cruise, the 10-day one, yeah. which, which was great on the Antarctic Peninsula. And we had perfect weather. And, and it wasn't as cold as I thought it would be, to be quite honest with you. It, no. it's a, um, The Antarctic Peninsula last season, we didn't have a day below zero during the summer, our summer. Which and is quite amazing when you think about it. The average, yeah, the average temperature has gone up about 2.8 degrees in the last 40 years, which is... Not good, I suppose, is it, as far as... The, you know, the icebergs that broke off recently, was that anything to do with global warming or was that just a natural phenomenon that happens on a regular basis? You know, I don't think we really know. There, yeah. There's always big pieces of ice breaking off Antarctica. Yes. Um, it, they're more in our eye now. We can track them with satellites and look at them from space. But um, about five years ago, a very big ice shelf, on the Antarctic Peninsula base collapsed, essentially. Right. And, and that, that poured an enormous amount of ice into the oceans around. Oh, and well. that was an unusual event. Yes, most unusual. And your style of cruising, Greg, on with Aurora Expeditions, it's different to what an ocean liner style of cruising is, of course. Did you want to briefly just give people an idea of that style of cruising? Oh, oh we're, a little, we're a little local company. And, <laughs> um, polar regions are our thing, and... Our little vessel takes 54 passengers max. And yeah. Yes, in the last years, a few years, there's all manner of vessels been going to Antarctica. Ships up to a thousand people now going there. I know, and I find that quite horrifying to me. It's a very different thing, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're beautiful ships. Yes, um, I know. But there is a distance between you and the place, I think, on those beautiful big ships. And uh, our aim is to get out on shore as much as possible every day. Yeah, be up close and personal. With the place. And that was the thing I thought was great when we were on it. Like, we, we all got off at once and back on. You know, there wasn't this waiting or queuing to get on and off the vessel. No, it's nice. You can very quickly move around with that style, with that size of, of, of vessel. And it's it's not a sophisticated vessel, but it's a no. very... We love her, you know. <laughs> She's comfortable like an old shoe. Yeah, it's yeah, and I mean, just the fact you've got the run of the whole ship, except, you know, at, at certain times you haven't, if there's a problem with icebergs and they don't want you up on the bridge or, you know, you, you've got a, a coast guard coming on board. But I mean, basically, you can sit up there, have your binoculars, follow the bird life, the sea life, you know, have a coffee, chat yeah. to the crew. I mean, it's just, it's what I mean, and that's not what you're going to get on an ocean liner. I guess that's the difference. And it's like you're one big family. It's being engaged in the whole voyage and everyone's involved and we kind of know where we want to go on each voyage but in a sense we're making it up as we go along because it depends on the chemistry of the group of people and you yes. can do that with a small group of people or you know that number of people and i guess too you you, you always are, i guess in touch to see where other vessels are so you can hopefully not be where there are other vessels so you get that uniqueness of being just the only vessel there yeah with a little vessel that's um can turn on a dime you can 
go into nooks and crannies, and yes. <laughs> we use the ship very. We, we use the ship quite aggressively, really. We in that we poke our noses into. <laughs> interesting places. That's interesting. Uh, we might have to just wind up this segment for the moment, Greg, but um, also just a quick mention, the that new movie, Happy Feet, is it worthwhile for people to go and see? Oh, I think so. I think Happy Feet's a terrific environmental message. Um, it's taking the world by storm. It's an Australian production. Kennedy Miller's uh, mm-hmm. done a fantastic job. And uh, we, we were very much involved in the, in the background of the film. Oh, great. And... Uh, which was very interesting over the last five years. And, yeah, it's, uh, it's, I'll have to go and see it now. Yeah, it's worthwhile. On 2NURFM 103.7, we're talking travel, and today, Sally Lucas, we have Greg Mortimer as our guest, and we've just had the most wonderful time in the Antarctic, and we're moving further north. We are to the opposite end of the globe, I guess, to the high Arctic, and this is an area I think Greg is fairly passionate about as well, and particularly with global warming and changes that are happening in that region, I guess you'd be saying to us all, Greg, to, to get up there as soon as we can before there's any more loss of maybe animal species or whatever that's causing this to happen up there. So um, how has it been up there? Have you been recently? And I was in Greenland in September. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. The Arctic is a the Arctic's a big surprise actually because it's not really in the mind map of Australians, is it? No, I'm so damn far away, uh, and it's sensational. And it's it, it's obviously the opposite of the Antarctic, is the other end of the world. But it's you know Antarctic is obviously a big landmass surrounded by oceans, but the Arctic mm-hmm. is is the opposite. It's it's a big ocean surrounded by land. And mm. so it's the islands around the edge of the Arctic Ocean that we're going to. Right. Um, and it's also, of course, the opposite in the wildlife as well, because the bears are in the north and the penguins are in the south, and never the twain shall meet. Yes. And um, and I guess that's one of the great fascinations of the Arctic is seeing those the bizarre wildlife, seeing the bears and the walrus and the reindeer and the and the. Um, Migrating birds and the Arctic fox, I suppose, as and well. The Arctic fox, a fantastic little furtive creature. Oh, they would be. And I guess you've got, of course. I mean, obviously, Antarctic is basically ice and a lot of craggy mountains and no greenery as such, other than little patches of lichen here and there. That when you go to the Arctic, you're going to get a combination of, you know, some lovely, um, I guess, land, land masses with vegetation and not just all ice. Yeah. In fact, in in the island of Spitsbergen, um, halfway between the top of Norway and the North Pole, at 80 degrees north, so you're only mm-hmm. 600 miles from the pole, there's flowers and and green, greenery in the summer. So that's totally Incredible. different to the Antarctic, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Antarctica, you're halfway to you know in, in the middle of the Antarctic continent at 80 degrees south. Does that mean it's warmer up there? It is warmer. Yeah. Um, there's a, a, a an arm of the Gulf Stream comes up along the Spitsbergen coast and it's, it's surprisingly warm um, and well, I mean, alarmingly warm in recent times as we're finding is that mm. the, ice, um, the ice mass has been shrinking in, on the Arctic Ocean. So. The other thing we didn't mention, sorry Greg, just to interrupt, that where the cruises start from from the Antarctica is Ushuaia which is at the little old town at the end of the world as they call it on right on that bottom tip of, of Argentina and as far as the Arctic is concerned where would your cruises leave from for the Arctic area? Oh, we go to um, into Spitsbergen you can fly from Norway into Spitsbergen there are jet flights every day mm-hmm. you get out of the plane at the foot of a glacier at 
78 degrees north. Oh, wow. A mining town called Longyearbyen. Yes. Um, or we go into Iceland. Um, when we have our ship in Greenland, we yeah. end up in Iceland, so we fly into Reykjavik. To Reykjavik, yes. Yeah. yeah, no, it looks fantastic just looking at the brochure I have in front of me, which unfortunately our listeners can't see, but, you know, just the varieties you're saying in what you see there with, with the um, vegetation, and it says here like 165 plant species across the tundra, and in Greenland, you know, you've, you've got your Inuit people as well, so it's, yeah. a, it's a living community, whereas I guess the Antarctic is not. Again, that's another no, difference. It's population, yeah. Yeah. It's... Um, the, the Antarctic is, as you know, very, um, it's almost confrontational, you know, it's really in your mm. face. Yes. The Arctic is much more subtle than that. Yes. You don't see the big concentrations of wildlife in the Arctic like you do in the Antarctic. Right. And that's because things are spread out more yeah. and they have a top predator, they have the polar bear there wanting to eat everything. Of course. So the animals yeah. are a bit more scared and, um, yeah. and you have to work harder to see them, but it, it's extremely exciting when you do um, and and to, to and to deal with all that and both north and south we have lecturers on board so we have naturalists yes. and glaciologists and historians and geologists like myself and so we kind of use it like a floating university or floating school the ship yes and uh, with the aim of teaching on the spot for those who are interested um, Detail. Well, I thought that was fa- fabulous when we did the Antarctic trip, you know, just to have that opportunity to speak to people who are experts in those fields. And, of course, you showed some wonderful movies too, old movies of trips that went down into the Antarctic many years ago. And uh, all of it was completely fascinating. And, and even just to have those bird books up where your binoculars were and be able to pick out which bird was which, which whale was which, which dolphin was which, you know what I mean, and the different yeah. types of penguins. Yeah. And it, 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 you just learn so much about nature that you felt... I felt ignorant up until that point in time that I really knew so little. It's a nice combo, isn't it? Because it is. It's there live in front of you and you have someone to help you to interpret it and it's a great, yeah, it's a really good learning thing. And Thanks. the food on board was great too. I, I loved the food. I thought the chefs did a wonderful job with We're the meals. out of our food, actually. Yeah, no, it was fantastic. <laughs> and Yeah, the Russian crew were great. They were so, you know, insistent upon safety and getting you carefully in and out of the Zodiacs. And, you know, there was no one was ever at risk at any time. I just felt it was all handled extremely well. Yeah, they're an interesting lot, the Russians, aren't they? They, they certainly are. are. Masters of the ice, and uh, it's a really great thing I've found in this last 15 years dealing with Russian ships is getting to know the Russians has been marvellous. They're a very fine group of people. Okay, well, Greg, unfortunately we've come to an end, which I'm sad about, but um, it's been great having you on today, and I just hope all our listeners out there are starting to get all fired up and passionate about either the Antarctic or the Arctic. And also just to let them know you do have trips too now, which is fantastic, up into um, really unexplored realms of Papua New Guinea and also in the wilds of Scotland and in our wonderful Kimberley region. So even if the Antarctic or the Arctic isn't their thing, at least there's some other programs for them on offer. There's some very nice hot places to go as well. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't have to be all cold. <laughs> okay, Greg, well, that's it for us for today. And again, we really do appreciate you giving up your time to be on the program with us um, today. Thanks. It's really nice to talk to you. Thanks Great to have you on board, Greg. See ya. 2NURFM 103.7. We're talking travel.